This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Coming up on 5-Minute News. U.S. Supreme Court rejects Texas lawsuit and Trump bid to reverse election. FDA approves Pfizer vaccine after White House threat. And Trump administration puts Brandon Bernard to death amid rushed executions. It's Saturday, December 12. I'm Anthony Davis. The U.S. Supreme Court on Friday rejected a long-shot lawsuit filed by Texas and backed by Donald Trump, seeking to throw out voting results in four states, dealing him a crushing setback in his quest to undo his election loss to President-elect Joe Biden. The justices, in a brief order, said Texas did not have legal standing to bring the case against Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. The four states, in a legal filing with the court on Thursday, asked the justices to reject the lawsuit, which they said had no factual or legal grounds. Trump's campaign and his allies already had lost in numerous lawsuits in state and federal courts challenging the election results. Lawyers for Trump and his allies have failed to present evidence in court of the type of fraud he has alleged. Trump and many of his fellow Republicans have made unfounded claims that the expansion of mail-in voting during a coronavirus pandemic led to Biden fraudulently winning in election battleground states, appearing to make no concessions or exceptions for voters not wanting to get infected by coronavirus at polling places. Democrats and other critics have accused Trump of seeking to shatter public belief in the integrity of U.S. elections and sabotage American democracy. The Texas lawsuit argued that changes made by the four states to voting procedures amid the pandemic to expand mail-in voting were unlawful. Texas asked the Supreme Court to immediately block the four states from using the voting results to appoint presidential electors to the Electoral College, which is scheduled to formally pick the winner on Monday. A COVID-19 vaccine from Pfizer and partner BioNTech was the first to gain the federal government's permission to go into use in the US, a landmark step in efforts to beat back the raging pandemic. The US Food and Drug Administration's authorization of the shot on Friday, following its record-setting swift development, sets the stage for administration of inoculations to begin within a day or two. The FDA's first green light for a COVID-19 vaccine comes little more than a week after a similar authorization in the UK. It follows a 44,000-person study which found that the shot was 95% effective at preventing symptomatic COVID-19 and was generally safe. Now, the US begins its largest vaccination campaign ever, bringing together governments, small and large hospitals, as well as retail pharmacy chains, with the goal of vaccinating hundreds of millions of people swiftly. 
White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows on Friday pressed FDA Chief Stephen Hahn to grant the emergency use authorization by the end of the day or face possible firing. Meadows spoke to Hahn by telephone on Friday and told Hahn his job was in jeopardy if the emergency use authorization was not issued before Saturday. Donald Trump has been pressing for quick approval for the vaccine and tweeted directly at Hahn earlier on Friday complaining that the FDA is still a big, old, slow turtle. Trump has publicly bashed the pace of the FDA's vaccine review process and appeared deflated at losing the race to the United Kingdom. Dr Ashisha Jha, Dean of Brown's University School of Public Health, called the pressure an unforced error by the White House that could chip away at public confidence in a vaccine. It creates a veneer of political meddling, Jar said. Every time you see the president get involved, you see vaccine confidence drop by 10%. Hahn and other top health officials have been working for months to boost public confidence in the government's vaccine effort, which will eventually need to reach most Americans to suppress the virus. Recent polls show only about half of all Americans are ready to roll up their sleeves for a shot. Many have safety concerns and want to wait to see how the initial rollout fares. But concerns that a vaccine was rushed due to political pressure could further undermine the unprecedented vaccination effort. The pro-life Trump administration plans to continue its unprecedented series of post-election federal executions by putting to death a Louisiana truck driver who abused his two-year-old daughter for weeks in 2002 before killing her. Lawyers for 56-year-old Alfred Bourgeois argue that he has an IQ that puts him in the intellectually disabled category, saying that should have made him ineligible for the death penalty under federal law. But the U.S. Supreme Court rejected his bid for a stay of execution on Friday night. Bourgeois is the tenth federal death row inmate put to death since federal executions resumed under Donald Trump in July after a 17-year hiatus. He would be the second person executed this week at a prison in Indiana. Three more executions are planned in January. Historically, states carry out most executions in the U.S., but in the last five months, more federal executions have taken place than in any year since the 1920s, according to the Bureau of Prisons. Before then, the federal government had only executed three people since 1963. Bourgeois' lawyers contend that the apparent hurry by Trump to get executions in before the January 20th inauguration of death penalty foe Joe Biden has deprived their client of his rights to exhaust his legal options. The Justice Department gave Bourgeois just 21 days' notice he was to be executed under protocols that slashed the required notice period from 90 days. On Thursday, Brandon Bernard was put to death for his part in a 1999 killing of a religious couple from Iowa after he and other teenage members of a gang abducted and robbed Todd and Stacey Bagley in Texas. Bernard, who is black and was 18 at the time of the killings, was a rare execution of a person who was in his teens when his crime was committed. Bernard was pronounced dead on Thursday night at 9.27pm. He was the youngest person in the United States to receive a death sentence in nearly 70 years for a crime committed when he was an adolescent.
Bernard said he'd been waiting for his chance to apologise to the family and his own family for the pain he caused. I'm sorry, I wish I could take it all back, but I can't, Bernard said to the family of the victims during his three-minute last words. More than 70% of the world's countries have now abolished capital punishment. The US is an outlier among its close allies in its continued use of the death penalty. Joe Biden's criminal justice platform includes a pledge to eliminate the death penalty, with legislation to end it at the federal level and incentivize states to follow the federal government's example. You can subscribe to 5-Minute News on YouTube with your preferred podcast app, ask your smart speaker, or enable 5-Minute News as your Amazon Alexa flash briefing skill. Subscribe, rate, and review online at 5minute.news. 5-Minute News is an evergreen podcast covering politics, inequality, health, and climate, delivering independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Burn the Boats from Evergreen Podcasts. I interview political leaders and influencers, folks like award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and conservative columnist Bill Kristol about the choices they confront when failure is not an option. I won't agree with everyone I talk to, but I respect anyone who believes in something enough to risk everything for it. Because history belongs to those willing to burn the boats. Episodes are out every other week wherever you get your podcasts.